Bravo six to Delta one. Uh, do you copy? May see the bombing. USS Hammond all on this net. Uh, we got a lot of blinky lights on this thing that ain't ever been blinky before. Do not adjust your set. We're back. It's episode 260 and International Backyard 2022 was so nice. We decided to talk about it twice. <laughs> My name is Steve. This is G.I. Joburg, but I'm not alone. I've got a buddy called Paul and he's about to jump in right now. Hello, Paul. Hey, dudes. <laughs> What's happening? Okay. Hi, buddy. <laughs> You're sounding very uh, college. Uh, what's the What's the occasion, bro? I uh, just uh, slipped the um, secret episode to the Patreons, and uh, before doing so, I had to watch it again. <laughs> so oh I've Lord. got uh, I've got Hey Dude he in my Berg. head. Yeah, okay. Hey Berg. Hey, dude, and the and the morons of the universe. <laughs> anyway. All right, let's shut the hell up and introduce. Number three, it's Robert. It's Save us, me. Rob. Hey, Save guys. So it's, it's going good. It's going amazing. Yep, we enjoyed ourselves so much last week. We just had to keep patting ourselves on the back for another week <laughs> and bring in the people that weren't able to join us last time. Um, so we're joined by more of the creators, and we're going to learn more about how cool it was to do this and like the problems, the successes, the, uh, the drama. Because this was the coolest thing that happened last weekend, obviously. I mean, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> coolest thing that happened in Code Conversion 6, or perhaps the entire year. What am I talking about? Um, I hope everyone listening to this podcast has at least attempted to watch our 90-minute feature. <laughs> if it's not your to your liking, that's fine. But uh, we had a lot of fun making it. It was a monumental thing to string together, but it came together very nicely, I'd say. So first up, I'd like to introduce uh, the author of Chapter 2. Paul kicked us off and then handed over to this man. His name is Bart Simon, and here he comes. Hello, Bart. Hello. Hello. All right, Bart. We're going to throw everyone into the mix. Whoa. His video's up. Woo. That's his smiling face. He's got a Skeletron cap. Nice. Awesome. That's Representing. Then, taking over from there, we had Mr. Dustin Cordish. Hello, Dustin. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Author of Cold Armor, which was featured on the G.I. Joburg Special Missions. But Dustin also has a YouTube channel just loaded with Playmotion stuff. In fact, I think you started doing this a lot earlier than we did, buddy. No. No, you were the, you were the guys that inspired me to start trying something. I was working in other areas, uh, mostly writing, and I was uh -huh. trying to figure out. I never really did much other than just you know as a hobby for my own interests but i wanted to do something with them i i just didn't know what and as soon as i started coming across some of your stuff that you were putting out it was pretty early i think i think the the first uh atlantis factor was was one of the ones i came across and i started messing around with that right off right after that well, I'm glad we gave you the license to finally jump into this pond because we're going to get into it, but the, the kind of contribution that you've made to Playmotion has inspired me. <laughs> Let me not get all like emotional up top, but honestly, man, like the, 
the work that you've put in on so many levels, we're going to expose all that on this show because I, I think maybe people watching it are just enjoying the the film for what it is, which is fantastic. That's what it's there for. But like, if we start peeling back the layers and seeing exactly how much work went into the creation of sets, sound design, uh, the action figures themselves, the, the, the choreography, the location scouting, um, the staging of it all, dude. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of depth to, to your contribution on the show. And my uh, last guest will be a, a stranger to absolutely no one. If, uh, if you've been living under a rock, not living under a rock. I don't know. Bro broken <laughs> from the outset, but you're really going to know him. <laughs> the man hails from the Sergeant Slaughter's slaughterhouse. His name is Zazel. He's been on the show before, and he was the last addition to this Playmotion endeavor, and in so doing, saved my butt big time. Hello, Zaz. Good morning. 19 minutes. What a thrill ride that was. Uh, well done to everybody involved. Uh, yeah, my contribution was minor in comparison and uh i didn't unfortunately get to get into a backyard to to speak of but uh it was fun it was fun thanks for having me uh contribute in some fashion i'd like to qualify that says by saying i messaged you the day of and said listen man i know i've mentioned this before but like it would be really helpful if you joined us in the international backyard is there any way you could shoot a sequence that somehow involves a rogue colonel and establishes this character and then also somehow like snuffs him you know very neatly kind of open and shut create a character and kill that character um can, can you handle those story beats please because it's what we're missing currently I, I really can't i can't dig myself out of this hole and not even a day later it was the same day you're like will this do <laughs> uh, amazing uh, yeah. any excuse right. to play with toys right hell yeah <laughs> yes sir so before we get started on like a more detailed analysis of the various contributions gents um <clears throat> does anyone have any kind of opening remarks anything they'd like to discuss up top uh paul and rob i haven't heard from you guys please don't, don't let me uh keep digging my own hole <laughs> <laughs> no man it's just uh I was just worried that I was too chatty on the last one, so I was just uh, holding back a little bit. And also wanted to give Zaz uh, a chance to chat there. Yeah, dude, um, you did pull our butts out of the fire there a little. Thank you very much. That was super You're cool welcome. of you. Um, it is great to see that uh, that little bit of that slaughterhouse style in in the backyard uh, in the international backyard. So, yeah, that was great. Um, and Dustin, dude, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I have to interject. I've just received a comment on Atlantis Factor. Okay. Um, uh, I won't mention the guy's name, but it, literally two minutes ago. And it says, why did you guys ever stop making these? <laughs> what an absolute <laughs> head scratcher. Stop making these. Oh, jeez. Well, uh, why, why did we stop making these? If he's referring specifically to the style of Atlantis Factor, which is pretty like crude by comparison, um, then okay, I'll happily go back to an earlier version of like Play Motion where where we don't have such intricate sets. My goodness, I, I look at you, Dustin. You, you've set the Yo. bar impossibly high, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he laughs. Well, <laughs> that's that's one of. 
one of the things I enjoy the most, because like like I said back when back before I started doing this, I was I was really into the uh, photographing. I wasn't doing like any photo stories, but I I I really like uh, a lot of a lot of the other stuff that I I'd see put out by the community was what you know pro propelled me to to start doing photography, and it just it just kind of became a natural progression i guess because i i like watching like the uh behind the scenes documentaries of how they how they make you know do miniature practical effects in movies and stuff and i'm always like that's always going on in the back of my head like how can i make this thing look like this at like a way smaller scale um a lot of the a lot uh, i'm pretty impressed and kind of uh have been trying to figure out how to do more of it the way that you scout steve the uh some of the actual you know fitting fitting into like the real world ones like you did with bad luck lady and stuff like that i really like that uh um, oh, it's just perspective shots man it is and it, but... it's more and more difficult because i don't have the best lenses for it like yeah. you want a like an infinity lens you want something that takes in both background and foreground at the same time if you want to yeah. be shooting up against like real monuments and mountains and things i don't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah dude uh, it, it's it was the only way to do it because i had action figures and not much else i was kind of traveling very light yeah whereas you have the opposite problem you have all the stuff mm. like Try, trying to get that all on camera like and you took on the lion's share of this piece and 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 came in swinging like all guns blazing each chapter you provided was so distinct from the other but what? i think out of fairness to the, everyone in this panel I, i'm gonna do things chronologically should we kick things off with bart's chapter it was um it's something that i wanted to do in the previous podcast and didn't do it was actually read out the chapter sort of synopsis that was provided to you guys before you went off on your own um, missions to, to complete these play motions. Um, because it's an interesting exercise to see what you had to go off of and what the end results wound up being. So, yeah. Bart, by way of introduction, Chapter 2 of International Backyard 2022, Seconds to Midnight, was entitled Evasion. And this is all you had to go off of. A lone Joe pilot is isolated from the rest of the wing and is being harassed by a pair of Cobra craft. Just can't shake them, so attempts to lose them with some breathtaking low-level flying. The Cobra craft are either destroyed or otherwise break contact with the Joe, and just when all seems safe, a Cobra surface-to-air missile is launched and our Joe's plane is destroyed. Fortunately, Joe is able to successfully eject. <laughs> from all that, you managed to get some uh, some interesting little side quests. Do you want to tell us anything <laughs> about that? <laughs> um, so what was going through my head is big aerial battle in chapter one. I have to uh, break off somehow. So I figure uh, Shipwreck ends up in chapter three in that village. So he's uh, got some plane problems or something or whatever. That's how he peels off. I hit a Night Raven sees one lone Joe by himself, you know, easy pickings, he can catch up to him and shoot him down. So the scene you see where it's the uh, dash of my truck that I just put a, 
They, um, <laughs> yeah. my, one of my favorites. I love uh, it. Piece of scrap wood I just uh, doodled on with some spray paint. Um, I knew he had to get away from the Night Raven, but he's not going to do it in a Sky Striker. So I figured <laughs> I have the Jetfire. The Jetfire's got the big jetpack thing on the back. So that's going to maybe equal the field. So he transforms into that. And um, that, that way he's able to stay ahead of the Night Raven. Um, what you didn't see was there, there was a, a little bit of a chase scene. And then um, the Night Raven wrecks into my garden. Now, I knew that the missile had to be launched um, to take him out. But me being one guy and two hands, it's kind of hard to, to grow a third arm out of your back. So I had to figure no, out. Don't how Google I, that, folks. I'm figuring out how I'm going to launch a missile with the camera in one hand trying to shoot down an airplane with the other. So I figured I'm just going to use another airplane since this is an airplane battle anyway. Uh, so I grabbed the other one. I just threw it on the, the table in my uh, backyard, changed the camera angle a little bit. You can see the tripod, the jet fires on, but I figure we're playing with toys. You can see my sheds in the background, the fence and everything. So screw it you're gonna see a, a tripod but then that <laughs> i could have that jet kind of cut him off sideways because he's not as fast as jet fire sneak in in his blind spot shoot shipwreck down and then shipwreck grabs the bird grabs a, a rifle and, and heads for the village so that's kind of what was going through my head as i was filming this uh somebody else was supposed to do the audio and i was going to leave that up to them to do um but steve ended up doing it i never in sorry <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. I never intended to have Jetfire actually speak. Um, but when you added that in, I was like, well, that's kind of cool because, I mean, he is Jetfire. He probably would say something. I was thinking of more of his um, just like an experimental aircraft that, you know, morphed into something else. Um, so that's, yeah, that's about all I was thinking. And then I, I left it. It's too up, delicious but... <laughs> to, to ignore, dude, the opportunity to have shipwreck arguing with the transformer and yeah. just set the tone a little bit more whimsically because yeah. you're going to get a whole gamut of different contributions some of them play closer to the comic book and realism some of them play closer to the cartoon and the wacky some of them play closer to he-man and the masters of the universe <laughs> so <laughs> depending on what you get you, you've got to kind of just just roll with it i guess as a viewer yeah, but, uh, I wanted I, it to be a little silly because, you know, like in the first one, I blew up BF2K as kind of a joke. So I wanted to continue kind of a jokey kind of thing. But Joe does have a connection to Transformers. So I didn't think it was too out of the box. So, yeah, that's why I'm I glad you did it, man. Part. I had the best yeah. fun like scripting that sequence. That was that was a great exercise. I was like, <laughs> okay, I know what I'm going to do here. That's got to be. I also like that uh, in a lot of ways that what you've done there is you know the whole spirit of international backyard is to connect us all together so that we're all playing with our toys together no matter where you are in the world and you know it's not about being fancy but it is also about being fancy if you want to do like super cool special effects and post-processing on your video and do sets do that if you can't do that you just want to play with toys do that both of them are fine you know we we're not like creating a, <laughs> a bar for entry here you know what i mean like we wanted it to be fun, you know, and that's how it was when we were kids, you know, like we all 
we may have all had GI Joes, but we all came from different walks of life, and we all had access to different toys and different things, and that's kind of the vibe here. So I I dig that yours is you know you've got your tripod in the shot, you've got the backyard in the shots, you know. That's, that's one of the things I had to explain to my wife. So we watched this, and she's like, "Well, you can see somebody's kids running in the background and all this other stuff," and I'm like, "Yeah, well, you can see our entire backyard. Like, it's meant to be seen through the eyes of like an adult child." When you yeah. played, mm-hmm. you saw your buddy holding that airplane, but you just imagined it was the airplane and not your buddy holding it. I was like, that's the whole thing about these videos is it's just dudes playing with their toys and we happen to be filming it. And she's like, oh, okay, I get it. So you're supposed to see the people. I'm like, yes and no. I was like, if you don't have to, you don't have to. But if you do, nobody cares because we're just having fun with our toys. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, for sure. I mean, I think, and you focus more on the action than than the people in the, in the scene anyway. The same as when you were kids. Like, it didn't matter. Like, it, you, it's you, imagination. They were characters. Yeah, it's your imagination working once Hand again. flames. She's like, what's this one mean? And what's this other? I was like, well, this is an explosion. <laughs> this one's fire. She's like, oh, okay, I, I totally get it. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, well, you're getting it now. Now, now you're in it. How, well, I, how I hope we get to you remind me by saying you. imagination. You kind of tipped me off to a, a photo that Dustin put on Facebook. I don't know if anyone saw it, but it was Headman like taking Lieutenant Falcon by the hand and saying, "Come with oh, me, yeah. me <laughs> the world of pure imagination." <laughs> I, That's what imagination yeah. is. I, I'd like it's, to think deep cut reference to the DIC now, series. If I remember I right, you Dustin, you're from Pittsburgh as well, right? Yeah, that's where the awesomeness comes from. All right, yeah. show's over. Uh, clearly, <laughs> case closed. Goodbye. Actually, I'd like to hand you guys G.I. Joburg. Uh, we've been running this show for, you know, 10 years and some change now. Uh, I was hoping uh, it could be G.I. Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got two guys from Pittsburgh here. We're taking over. G.I. Pits. Do it. You can keep the it's same battle the cry of Berg. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But let's roll into chapter three. It's quite a nice handover because Dustin was the very next guy to step up to the plate. I will read the, uh, the brief and let's get into it. Chapter three, secret mission. Far below the raging air battle, a convoy of trucks or extreme low-level flights of helicopters are en route to an area of fl- frontline ground fighting. Their objective and the objective of two other G.I. Joe teams is to render the three nuclear weapon launch sites inoperable by removing key components from the weapons themselves. Each team comprises a security element, an expert on weapons disposal, and a workforce of engineers. Dustin, what was your process? And was this the first chapter that you settled on? Because I think maybe you, no. you, had, you had requested the dogfight, uh, yeah. the mudfighter. That yeah. Was, so what? That was the first what tipped one. you over into this one? Um. Well, when you when you first put out like the list of chapters and their synopsis, I looked. Like obviously, I I called out the mud fighter, but that one had caught my eye, and I just mm-hmm. kind of let it, it 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 hung there for a while, and uh, nobody else was claiming it. And uh, what? What gave it the sort of shining glow where you're like, hmm, I've got some joy toy gantries and stuff. If I extended that, I could conceivably make a missile base. Or were you just a, a sucker for like setting the briefing? No, like- it, was, it was actually um, 
what I had initially planned was like, I was going to try to keep everything as simple as possible. I don't even think I was going to have dialogue. I was going to try to make it like, like a silent mission, but, uh, my, my brain can't let me do that. I make things way too complicated, <laughs> but I, I like the idea. And, and I was thinking about it after the fact, like my out, outside of the, the dog fight that I threw in it with the, uh, mud fighter, I really didn't have any aerial battles and I had very little Cobra. So it was like kind of the, the, the <laughs> whole outside of the whole topic of, of the video and also outside of Cobra convergence, I had mostly Joe's going on, but uh, yeah, it's just, I kind of uh, went out and I, I found this one location that was, I had originally passed it by and I went back Cause it was, it was full of junk. It was like an old, uh, old construction Dump. site. Yeah. Uh, it was, well, it was, it was a construction site that was just kind of abandoned and there wasn't any, there wasn't any, uh, no trespassing signs or anything up. So I went back and I was like, eh, I might be able to make some of this work. And I shot there two weekends in a row. And then the third weekend I went there, I was going to finalize everything. And I'm like screwing up my schedule. I would have had everything done a lot sooner. But as soon as I pulled in, I saw a truck pull in right behind me. And I don't know if the guy that was there was genuinely like that was he he was connected to that property in any way. But he like asked me what I was doing there. And he told me it's private property and I had to leave. And I mean, for all I know, he was going in there to loot whatever. <laughs> whatever trash was left there because there was a bunch of like all kinds of like uh industrial debris all over the place there so it's i don't probably know. his pot field maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're gonna try and grow pot in that soil like <laughs> hell yeah it's pretty rough um but you were getting very very inventive uh you built a cobra outpost out there or was this a different location no this is all that's all the same location and you managed to get everything you needed and have this interaction with some guy and then get yeah. shooed off? Like, honestly, dude, I, that would have been a bust. I would have gotten my, maybe like two minutes of usable footage and then have to find somewhere else to, to, to take over. Um, you should have excellent. called me, man. I could have posted up security for you. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, tra uh, no trace passing. Isn't that kind of implied in Pittsburgh? I'm just saying. Like... <laughs> <laughs> we all carry guns here it's okay yeah. oh okay good uh, good to know <laughs> you got pretty inventive with the debris that you found as well with concrete breeze blocks you made this gate yeah and i must admit man my my thought in looking at this image now that we've got on screen in the youtube version sorry podcasters um is what if that one block falls down like how secure <laughs> is that it will crush those targets <laughs> and that cobra trooper underneath it yeah i mean <laughs> i <laughs> those are risks you take <laughs> it was balanced pretty well nice well look it it works it sells it well enough um and you did some pretty tricky camera maneuvering of like pulling a hiss underneath the bridge while passing the camera over top of it like, did you have the camera in your mouth? No, I had it in my other hand. My goodness. 
There's and then where was your body well. positioned? Kind of leaning over. It's straining my back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Preach, bro. I've got some back issues myself right now. Um, it's not fun. No. Uh, but, I mean, you did four chapters in record time, man. Yeah. Um, you must have been building sets by night, shooting by day, planning and scripting things. Um the room that the dogfight or the the the, the, the air, i suppose it's the secret gi joe base that has like a an airfield attached to it yeah. was this a, a set that that you had you know yeah that's existence? that's one i've had for a while it's a playmobil set well it's an absolute orgy of evidence i mean just judging by this top-down shot like you've got a skull of the sci-fi and toolbox <laughs> Like, it's a very lived-in world, man. I appreciate And the Discovery the Magazine and Doraemon, <laughs> and I love it. It's so cool. This was, like, serious finger food for the eyes. Loved it. Uh, Celia loved this shot as well. She was, like, she was just, like, eating it up, man, when she was watching this. Cause, and the reason I bring that up a lot is because, you know, she's, she's not like us, you know, and, like, she doesn't play with toys and all that kind of stuff. So when she sees stuff like this... And to see her reactions, it's just really beautiful, you know? Um, and like, yeah, she was like, oh, look at the little magazines. And oh, she was just, it was just a real treat. It was great. And also, I just want to just put out, the, put this out there. I've got the red version of that little um, uh, stereo. Yeah. You know, that little portable <laughs> stereo. Uh, courtesy of Jim Godfrey. He sent it to me once um, to, to be included with my, my Eagle Hawk. Yeah. yeah. So I could recreate the scene from um, Predator. Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I got. I have a lot of like Playmobil is really good for having like little yeah. things like that. I a lot of I've just amassed a lot of little knickknacks to throw in backgrounds. A lot of times I'll set shit up like that. And then whenever I'll, I'll realize after I shoot when I'm putting the video together that like you don't even see half of what I put into it. Like I waste a lot, a lot of time just and then I have to go back and watch that I don't knock something over with my hand or the phone whenever I'm, I'm filming it. It gets like I just I'm still trying to trying to figure out what I need to do and what I don't to make a lot of this work. Because a lot of time I, I, I do end up putting too much time into things that just like i said you don't even see it well aren't but, you glad you had it anyway i mean that's, I suppose, dude. The, yeah that's the, the that's the, the as you get more proficient with this stuff like the amount of time you can put into the minutiae just multiplies yeah and to, to have that option in the edit is huge but at the same time if the overall pacing dictates that that you have to trim the, the edges um yeah man it's it's heartless stuff but you like gotta gotta kill your darlings yeah um but the fact that it's all there is just breathtaking a lot of people were very very blown away by particularly the sequence and i refer specifically to chapter 10 mud fighter dogfight gets the call the mud fighter has been operating from an improvised runway close to the front line the Joe munitions team quickly arm up the little plane and she roars skywards to halt Cobra's push. After the dust clears, dogfight is victorious and the downed pilot is informed that a rescue helicopter is en route. This is the downed pilot in Bot's chapter, actually, that was supposed to kind of link up. It's one of those mm. little 
connective tissues that we had to lose along the way. But uh, the sequence on its own stands perfectly. Dogfight is kind of called out to destroy a Cobra uh, artillery attack. And tell me a bit about your impression of Dogfight. Because he's this cool, slow-talking... I mean, he's very much <clears throat> a wild bull, I guess. Yeah. But how yeah, do you that's... distinguish him? Because he's great. The only real difference is that he flies a plane and Wild Bill's a helicopter pilot. Although Wild Bill flies the C-130 and stuff too. So, but uh, yeah. Well, I, Wild Bill is an anachronism by being like an air cavalryman probably from the Vietnam era. Yeah, he was LOR. But by that token, Dogfight's even more of an anachronism, isn't he? Like he, he looks like a, a World War II, like B-17 captain. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I, I don't think his uh, file card really goes into his military history as much as Will Bills does. I think all the earlier file cards were more straightforward. This is what they did in service, and that was about it. And the later ones got more personalized about their like childhoods and stuff, it seems. Well, i tell you what defines this guy from Wild Bill and I'm in favor with it, is the fact that he doesn't say yee-haw all the time. I mean, <laughs> strip out the Texan, and then you've got Dogfight. He's just a cool yeah. customer, man. Yeah. I still reckon he becomes Ace Duck in the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. Mutation. And it's Steven, nice. I think it's you that alluded me to that. You know. Uh, look, I can't claim it, man. That was uh, always kind of a, an association that was made. But, man, what a breathtaking sequence. Talk to me about sound design. Because you gave it so many layers. Like you had the throb of the mud fighter, which like I, I once upon a time was working towards getting a private pilot's license. And yeah. it was alarming to me that the only prop driven plane in G.I. Joe is the mud fighter. I'm like, wow, that is a huge area of av aviation that, and military aviation that just doesn't exist. Like, yeah. low and slow, man. Like, let's have more prop planes, please. Um, and the Mudfighter is pretty much it, so I had to get one. What attracted you to that plane, man? It, it, like you said, it's different. It stands out among all the bigger jets. Um, sort of David and, and Goliath situation. Yeah, and it's, like, the, the smaller vehicles, especially the smaller aircraft, they're more maneuverable. They're easier to hold in your hand. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, you can have a mud fighter in one hand and a, a fire bat in the other and a camera in your teeth. <laughs> You're good to go. But, sorry, my initial question was along the lines of sound design. I think I've yeah. seen that like, movie. You sunk a lot of time. Basically, all I did was I went on YouTube and found a bunch of videos with something that i could use and i did i did a lot of layering so it's not just straightforward one specific you know like i think one was a cessna uh, i know for the fire bat it was actually a if you listen close you can hear it's it's a turbo helicopter but oh, it had it had a sequence is amazing oh like, yeah no hear, totally doesn't so good. Uh, um, so I'm just being uh, facetious there. I mean, there's no way like to, uh, the untrained ear would have picked that up, but that's impressive. 
um, that you, I mean, that you know that what you've pulled the, the sounds from and things like that, because that's always important. Because you have to know what your paintbrushes are, right? Yeah. Also, Steve's got a great shot here um, of the Ewok, <laughs> of an Ewok, and you don't understand how much hope that gave me when, uh, when I was the doing my the sequence. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, um, sorry, Dustin. Okay, I cut well you then off. let's yeah. let's let's address it, uh, Dustin. What's going on, man? What was what was going on in your head when you brought an Ewok to set? Well, he was he was laying there when I was packing things up, and I was like, eh, I'll take him with me. <laughs> what was yeah. this randomly just at this dump site? Oh no, he was with <laughs> I, packing up stuff to leave the house. Oh yeah. In the true well, spirit of playing with nightmare. toys, like to have no one assisting you, like, like, this is why, like, I really miss having Rob around because he's uh, my guy. Like, Harry. if I was, yeah, if, if I was shooting he's something that didn't like require like another set of hands, boy, boy, I was like barking orders back over my shoulder, like, Rob, get this from the car. We need it for the next setup, <laughs> and it just cut my time down. <laughs> yes, Mister Spielberg. <laughs> uh, Justin, you were doing this on your lonesome, right? Yeah. Whew, bro, hats off, man. Location shooting is tough. Location shooting on your own is hardcore. Makes you want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was getting pretty like towards the end. I don't. I think. Uh, I think the two week, two Saturdays, I went out and did it. I think I was out for like four or to five hours and sure. like by the end of it i was like Ugh. and i think the last the the second weekend like it was so hot like my phone was not functioning properly anymore i had to quit anyway so because it was just it was overheating I've yeah that's there, happened bro. to us before as well yep had to switch to the gopro mid shoot because the phone was like this yeah device did oh jeez um okay amazing man but sorry i don't know if i've gotten an adequate explanation for the ewok and no, there is isn't no there isn't one he's just <laughs> volker I... cuckoo clunders are mighty hairy <laughs> yeah <laughs> and mighty well, it, it, it kind of feels like it, it carries through to the playfulness i mean we started out in bar sequence with the the transformer I mean, I even realize now that actually Blaster, I think, is on the bridge of the flag. Mm -hmm. Which I, th I yeah. thought was a cool little, little kind of like detail in there. And then we have the, the Ewok. And then, I mean, this entire sequence is saved by a dinosaur even. Um, <laughs> and I thought that was quite fun too. It's just like, how do you Is this end from the latest fight Jurassic Dominion? That toy line? Uh, uh, the second jurassic world okay yeah. well man these toys like I i've kind of always wanted an excuse to buy them like dinosaurs aren't my thing but each of them has like a push button activated feature that actually rocks yeah like in this case yep. the, the wings flap very believably like in other ones it's a kind of a bitey action or the head moves or whatever those like, things jurassic are so great. toys are cool yeah, yeah. Oh, great just i love them rubber dinosaurs but this is and the breathtaking. Are handsome. <laughs> the kind of the, the 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 I don't know the wingman with a dinosaur shot is <laughs> something that will stay with people who just casually watch this this film. Um, this sequence, rightly so, got a lot of praise, and uh, I'd like to just join in with that chorus, bro. 
it was magnificent on so many levels thank you yeah i felt so lonely in the when i was when we were doing the live thing and i was like dinosaur and nobody else was going no dinosaur. one else to get excited nobody was excited about dinosaur. <laughs> but only but later on when when it was released and people were like dinosaur well oh, i hope they were of course I, they were i think i was happiest with the way that the uh actual dog fight came together because when i first started assembling it in video i was like it it was it, it was kind of like i was thinking of maybe just dropping it but i'm glad oh. I, I i kept playing we're all glad you it. kept it, it yeah. did, did the choreography of it i mean you must have had it in mind as you set about to shoot it did it change in the edit because it all made perfect sense to me actually it when i uh i i had to go back out I, and find a different um site to do more because i mm. what i had originally shot there as far as as far as the dog fight it, it there wasn't enough for one and it was just kind of like i didn't have the right uh the right amount of angles um it was all just kind of clumsy but mm -hmm. i i i had like i think there was like a weekend in between where i just kept kind of going through my head what i what i what i could do to add, you know add in to make it better and i think the majority of what ended up on there is from like the third weekend that i ended up shooting interesting huh? yeah it's, it's kind of like you can sink you know, so much time in i have a question about the mud fighter itself so you uh, i think you mentioned to me offline that the the wing tabs were broken which allowed you to swap right and left um those black winglets wingtips giving it like a forward sweep no it's so cool it came oh, like, was it like that. that it had so one of the you, one of the you tabs can assemble was... it like that from the fact like wow yeah Great. i guess so yeah because uh, i you mean just the... put the ailerons on the wrong edge of yeah. the, the wing but and <laughs> if you can ignore I, that. until until you asked me that i was like i it never even re i never even realized that they were backwards but it does give it like a more aggressive stance. I think it kind of looks mm, great. a little faster that way. And I don't know, man, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like with the, the, with the lifting surface all the way towards the back of the plane, like it is a little forward sweep towards the, the end might make this, this thing a little bit more believable. I don't know. I, I don't know aeronautics well enough to, to, to really back that up, but it, it looks more balanced, at least visually, with the, the wings leaning forward. Yeah, that um, I'll agree with. Having the fire bat launched from the back of an adder, like, was that something that you'd seen online, or was this like, hmm, this is how you would deploy a fire bat in the field without yeah, a pterodrome? It was basically something I, I pulled out of my ass. I don't I don't Amazing. even remember <laughs> I don't I I remember like I had it and, and I was like Yeah, it's like you know, whoever put chocolate and peanut butter together. <laughs> Genius. Zazel, let's bring you in, man. You've been far too silent this whole time. Uh I wanna well, make this what... a bit more round tabley, so 
if if there's I'm, something you'd I like to say about these guys well and truly in awe of, of what these guys are put together <laughs> I, will, I will say that the inclusion of the transformer at the beginning uh really helps uh to sell the 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 rest of it coming in like the pterodactyl at the end um I feel like that sort of helps that transition so it's not so jarring uh not that it would have mm. been awesome all on its own because it really helped to bring that toy box style uh imagination like you just grab whatever it is in the toy box and use it and that's how i used to play like we uh -huh. didn't care mm. about things like uh what line it was from what scale it was in um i've shown a picture where me and my brothers are playing he-man and uh care bears together you know it didn't matter for us as kids <laughs> And so the inclusion of Transformers, the inclusion of the uh, Star Wars and the Ewoks, uh, and and the pterodactyl or pterodon or whatever, uh, don't get me, don't get me if it's a uh, wrong, uh, <laughs> whatever bird that is. Oh, that's not even a bird, right? Uh, no, it's not Jurassic Bird. So you're good. Ah, perfect. <laughs> we may yeah. have started that here. <laughs> <laughs> but the the inclusion of of all of those lines uh, really helps to sell the whole. Um, you know the adult kids playing toys so yeah and uh, the sets i thought were also really great they were um cat toy catalog worthy stuff agreed pretty yeah, accurate yeah, really too i've been to fobs that were pretty close to that just some plywood shacks in the middle of nowhere yeah right uh yeah so anyway that was my little gush gentlemen bots uh, our military consultant Sorry, sorry, <laughs> so um i got a question for you guys what would you like us to do or how what would you like us to try and introduce or add to the international backyard experience for the next one like do you guys have ideas or when you were shooting uh, did you like think to yourself oh it'll be cool if we could do this you know for next time or do you guys have any ideas of what you know what you think would be cool for the next international backyard more dinosaurs i get you but uh <laughs> aside from that i've got an answer for everyone hey probably probably uh more of uh this guy isn't that right Cecil? i knew that i was playing it right into your hands pal by enlisting your aid in the last minute, I could not veto uh, the use of Sarge being like the 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 the, the be all and end all, the sort of the tactical weapon, the the GI Joe um, of last WMD. resort. <laughs> yeah. It takes an entire armored assault to take this position, but one man, one man knocks over the king. Yeah, so uh, I went through and checked um, the list of characters that had already been used. Um, and wanting to see, oh, I wonder where, wonder where Sarge is at this point. And nobody had picked him mm -hmm. yet, which was both a relief and a disappointment. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this frees it up for me. Um, and I wanted to, with the with the colonel, I wanted to give him some sort of arrogance where he's like, okay, when when they get here, they are going to come in, uh, kick the, you know, try and kick the door, and the whole force, a whole GI Joe force, are going to come in, and um, yeah, then then it's just it's literally just Sarge. But the way that I had it play out was that he could hear um, all this action going on around him, um, and I did a little bit of um, overlapping voice where uh, the the Viper Squadron is they're not quite sure what's happening um, because it feels like he's just 
here, there, and everywhere all at once um, mm. before finally catching up with uh, M. Bison, uh, the Colonel, which uh, adds to the uh, uh, another layer of uh, cross-play by adding in some Street Fighter element. It's smart. A lot of guys love let that. The, let the soundtrack yeah. do the, the heavy lifting for you instead of showing Sarge like laying waste to every single Viper in this uh, <laughs> missile base. He's got to, As he does. Where is he? He's over there. Wait, he's everywhere. You know, that's all right. Where are you going, Squeegee? <laughs> it, comes, it, comes down to, it comes down to two factors. One, I didn't have a lot of time. But two, I kind of wanted to give it a, um, a sense of um, you're not really sure uh, from their point of view, uh, they're not really sure what's happening and they can't quite keep up and, and the, the camera can't quite keep up with the action either, although it's just a little step behind. Well, I applaud you for saving my ass with not one but two sequences that you got out in record time and also for keeping them under time. Uh, folks might not know this, but like, <laughs> I, I set the lofty goal of each of these chapters playing out in about four minutes some of them kind of pushed closer to half an hour <laughs> but zazel i think in both cases your sequence was like around a minute a minute and a half punchy stuff thank you well yeah i just i, I thought that um i'd i'd gotten the sequences that i needed as i was putting it together i was thinking to myself, okay what more do i need and as i was tying the story together i was like i think i've got everything I think I've got I've I've told the story that I want to tell here in a short amount of time, and anything else that I add to it is just going to take away from whatever else I already have established. Um, nice. As far as when it when it comes down to the confrontation between uh, the Colonel and Sarge, it was intentional to uh, have it happen off camera. But it's cool though because the sequence does set him up as this kind of like bigger than human thing especially that kind of like the low angle shot with the with the weird like lighting where the gi joe symbol just like pops and it really does kind of make him feel like a one-man army like he's going in there it's the, the only guy and he gets it done it makes it very well not ethereal but he does feel supernatural almost which mm. i i quite enjoyed so it sells I, it i didn't I, I think i had it in my head um that it was it was either going to be I'm going to have Sarge um, on his own, or I'm going to have Sarge and maybe a small unit. Um, but then it just felt appropriate that that it was it was just Sarge because it felt like it really played against what M Bison thought, where he thought there was going to be this this whole this whole thing was going to come come in at his door, um, and I think he was he prepped himself mentally for what was going to be an all-on assault, um, and I think he was surprised um even if he was arrogantly uh not showing it outwardly that you know it was just one man uh, a man that he recognizes because he's you know infamous uh, the infamous sergeant slaughter he's uh, the other but, snake eyes yeah right yeah. but with it with an attitude and a mouth to yeah to, uh, <laughs> to pay it off <laughs> I do, yeah, I do yeah, really yeah. like your style, Zazzle. It's you like the your videos have like a very unique look to them. Like mm. I feel like in out of out of any of you know playmation videos that I'd I, I'd watch, I could easily pick yours out. Like it just very looks very clean to me. Oh, thanks, mate. I appreciate that. It's um, 
I don't, I don't know if I intentionally set out to have my own style, um, but I, I know what Nobody you I mean. Nobody does. I think the certain um, filters and stuff that I use are very unique yeah. to, to what I do. And I think it's also because I've got I've got vast limitations on, on what space I can use. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that feedback, buddy. Um, well, it works Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and coming from coming from you and seeing what you've been able to pull out with just a couple of bricks uh, and some handiwork, uh, yeah, that means a lot. Yeah, thank you. Well, but some for, bricks, uh, but a lot of incredible set building as well. Oh, that's what I mean. But the the the, the sets, as incredible as they are, also being able to you know the juxtaposition between that high quality mm. sets and just a couple of bricks held precariously together with uh, <laughs> you know magic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the, I will say one final thing on M Bison though. It was intentional to have him uh, off screened because I just couldn't bring myself to have Sarge. Um, <laughs> pretty much just put him in a lethal Cobra clutch on screen. It just didn't feel right. So I intentionally made it off screen. But I thought the arrogance of, of uh, M. Bison in that moment saying, oh, you're going to bring me in like a real American hero. He's like, nah, <laughs> you're not coming in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tasteful. And I agree with that because I think showing gratuitous violence with toys is unfortunately silly. Like, like <laughs> there's only so much you can push in terms of uh, like showing death with playthings, if you lean into it too much, yeah, it just like it, it kind of drops the suspension of disbelief. If the toys shoot guns and and and, and they fall down, that's that's fine. That's kind of tasteful to me. But I think there's a there's a fine line to be drawn um, because doing a, I, I don't know. That my personal preference with these things is not to make them a, like a splatter movie. Uh, right. It would also result in way too many toys getting ruined, I imagine. <laughs> I'm thinking of like covert operatives. Do you, do you guys remember that old stop motion? It was excellent, but uh, I can imagine a lot of those figures got <laughs> gouged with um, with soldering irons and like had oh, like gore, they had so gore many pouring out. Versions of those guys. That was a fantastic thing. But I, what terrific. I like about this international backyard is that every person had their own thing. And everything also felt very different. Like going through the action of the entire thing, there's so much variety in like what people have chosen to do. And I think it is because you had so many different people involved. And I think, I mean, sometimes having a lot of people involved in doing something, it doesn't work, but it, it definitely in this situation, it worked so much because every vision makes every sequence different, but it all comes together in the end as well, which yeah, I think it was the freedom of creativity because we had an outline to work with and like I yeah. changed mine. I added a transformer. I took uh, a rocket out and added an airplane. And if you look at the overall story we were all given and see what everybody did, we all modified it. But like you said, the story came together at the end and it was enjoyable. Yeah, I think I think you definitely this 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 time around having that little bit of like a nugget of information of like, oh, what can I do? To start this thing off it's, it's nice to have somewhere to start from and then from there you literally just create your own thing and yeah i, I think people definitely went wherever they wanted with it and it it worked it was really a lot of fun to watch this yeah it felt like a um an ongoing adventure as opposed to little bits of chunks of randomness happening uh one after the other so it felt cohesive yeah yeah
because you kind of had that setup. Okay, that's it's a war, and then you kind of like each you know each sequence has its own thing. So the the Joes are you know losing so much near the front, and then slowly but surely they start winning as they get closer to the end, and then suddenly they've won. But there's there's more to come still. It's like you know there's the surprise third act of like oh by the way actually not all Cobra is done with with this war. And yeah, it, it really works overall as a story. I watched it again this week and I was actually really, it fi- I found it easy to kind of just go along with what was going on. And so many I'm heroes. I'm so pleased to hear that <laughs> because honestly, sitting in the edit, I was like, how is anyone going to follow this thread? Is there a thread <laughs> to follow? Or is it literally just like a series of vignettes that play out? And it's like, hmm, that was entertaining. Oh, what's this one doing? Oh, okay. Okay, that was entertaining too. All right, next one. Like, no, it, if it there is a through line, I mean, terrific. Good. Yeah, no, I think. I mean, okay, my contribution is really tiny, and I literally <laughs> just, I literally just um, reworded what Stephen set up as the the outline for this entire thing. But I think just having that little bit of information near the front, you know, you set up Darkland, you set up what the entire situation is, that sets up the context for anything that happens after that. Like the people you you think, okay, this is happening in one part of Vokokuku land. And this is happening in another part of Vokokukuland. And and you have an idea of you know, all these different sites. I love sites the fact that you keep having to say that word. <laughs> I realized actually you were the only other person who says it like once in the entire thing. I was like, Thank so you. It's, it's me and you. It's, it's, it's me and you, you know. Well, doesn't we this have to also, come up with them. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, doesn't this also set precedent moving forward now that we do have you know, some Star Wars, some dinosaurs, Transformers. Uh, like oh, I, was I saying think that, for sure. Yeah, because I was saying to Steve the other day, like, we have that transforming hiss in the Megatron. There's the Striker in the Bumblebee. Like, those could totally be incorporated into the next story and not it be weird, like, where the hell that come from? I think that this, that's definitely something we can do going forward. I think people can be even more imaginative and creative. I mean, even whoever comes up with the outline of the entire thing can actually, I mean, you can be more free in like what you want to add to it. And I think that could be something international backgrounds can do going forward is add what you feel makes it more fun for you. And I think that's, you know, that that's what international backyards is. It's, it's just have fun. And if it comes together in the end, that's fantastic. But so what is next fun year? Things, what's next, next year's year, concept I, then? I don't even know. I'm, I think well, Paul it depends was at what, an earlier stage trying to gauge. Have. Paul was trying to gauge you guys, uh, like yeah, put out the feelers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dave, over that Bart point, finally, but, um, he, you know, his his brain started working, and he said, "Add more into other series into it." You know, maybe the Care Bears are trying to take over the world next time, and we have to work with Darklon <laughs> to you know stop them from spreading love got, and caring. I got a couple ideas. I don't I don't know how well they would work though, but um, I'm all ears, man. It gets everybody involved. You could do, since it's supposed to be Cobra focused, right? You could have like a Cobra anthology where, um, say, a bunch of Vipers just get off shift and now they're going to go do their own thing for the night. Because I know me in the military, you know, you're either going to go drinking with your buddies or you're going to go back to your room and goof (laughs) off. So each person could take a Viper and do an anthology, you know, where we see what that guy does in his off time. Yep, um, that's that's the kind of thinking I'm looking for. That's a great idea, Bart. That's really actually like that. really it's cool, an, and that's so different from what we've done so far. Yeah, it's so. an overall story, but it's separate stories, and, and everybody can do their own thing. 
Uh, either that or maybe like a recreation of one of the made-for-TV movies, you know, uh, Rise of Mentor, Rise or whatever. Not a scene-for-scene scene recreation, but somebody take a little chunk of this, a little chunk of that, put their own spin on it and, you know, relive that. I like the idea of, of the, okay, I love the anthology idea of taking some Cobra, like a, a bunch of Cobras and yeah, go through their sort of wild night out. silly with it. Exactly. And I also love the idea of um, making it play out during one of the miniseries. But like, it's everything that's happening behind the scenes or around that event, you know, like, look for gaps in that story and look, f try to find the stories to be told in between that story. Um, Star Wars that it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the two characters, but they had these two stormtroopers that were always like getting themselves into trouble. And it was happening during the original trilogy. Um, these two like stormtroopers and they would like put a, a, a microscope on them and they were, yeah, they were constantly deserting and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And they, you know, they, there's a story to be told, you know, during the bigger story. And I think that could be a really, really great angle. A really fun angle have, to approach. Like well. named characters, like say, uh, major bloods in charge of this crew of vipers and you know, it's time for the off time. What does major blood do? when he's not working you know is he looking for that no. next job or is he just down on a bottle of booze and chasing chicks thanks darren sorry yeah exactly right um the other side of it would uh, could be uh well an another excuse me is... i know what uh, major blood does in his downtime <laughs> the guy goes to space i mean can we just in absentia have a moment for andrew creatures section once again gotta add props like just yeah. having these visuals of like the Cobra defiant, I don't know what his name for it is, but set against that backdrop, it's, it worked so well. I talked to so him about well. this the other night and that was just a flat screen TV that he put some yeah. YouTube videos up and just let it roll in the background. I think you can <laughs> get a live idea. feed from a satellite in space and that's probably... Yeah, you can. Oh, you can yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. But it, 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 it worked out so well for that sequence. Yeah. I'm so glad he didn't get any ads. With <laughs> 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 <But> Norton, <laughs> VPN. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> message pops up. What the F are you doing? And by the way, that wasn't a plug for Norton VPN. Um, Gross. Yeah, they're giving us absolutely nothing. Norton, Nord, whatever. Yeah. Give us some money, you bastards. <laughs> but I, yeah. I want to just dwell on the set building one one more time. Because inquiring minds have to know. Yes. Uh, Dustin, the missile yeah. base itself. Okay, we've got joy toy elements. But then what the hell is Lightfoot doing in there? And why is he called Boomer? <laughs> uh... Is he a different guy? No, 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 it's, it's Lightfoot. I, for some reason, I always, ref, when, I, when I, when I write out dialogue for, for my videos, I always have them there. Cause I feel like, I don't think they'd call each other their, by their code names. They all no. have their own little, Nick you know, I think yeah. the problem with yeah. a lot of code names is they're not monosyllabic. So they're, they're mm. difficult for radio chatter. Like, you want something that's quick to rattle off that's very unique. Lightfoot is a clumsy word. Like, they'd probably just shorten him to Lighty or Footy yeah. or something. Footsie. Oh, God. Well, boomer. But yeah, boomer, boomer works. Works. Boomer works. Boomer works. <laughs> that means but isn't Boomer a military slang anyway? 
uh, Bart, correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't it uh, a military slang term anyway for for uh, bomb uh, for bomb disposal? Bolt or for... soldiers. Yeah, no, I, I think it's um, isn't it supersonic aircraft? Yes, there we go. Uh, That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's. Boomer, yeah, I, I, I know that because I know that to be a, a military slang term. Yeah, dude, I have to know: is that the Barbasol can from no. Jurassic Park? No, when you, when you, when you, because uh, <laughs> I was like, damn. When you said you thought that that's what that was, I, I'd like to see that. I think it, I think it'd be a little bit too small, but that is that's actually just a. Uh, a coffee can that I cut a hole in the side and then I ran some uh, metal rods down. If you look close, they're like, uh, I ran them through uh, plastic tubing. And that, wow. that centerpiece is a laser light that is like, uh, it puts off this weird array. I, I got it as like a, off of Amazon as, for my cat to chase around, but it, <laughs> it, it refracts in so many different directions that it, like he doesn't know what to do with it. So, but it Sweet. but it looks neat as a like a background piece too. I I think I've used it in some some photo shoots. Well, you know my thoughts on it. I mean, you've heard my thoughts on it. I absolutely yeah. loved this scene. So yeah, yeah. Did you I, research in, like ballistic missiles, like, or was this kind of just I did a little fiction. bit. I did. Mm -hmm. I did, like briefly look up, you know, ways that you could defeat or you know immobilize a uh, nuclear missile, which you can't find any information like that on the internet. So I just <laughs> yeah, wonder you're why. <laughs> now you're on a watch list. Yeah, I was about to say the NSA knows who you are again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they already know me. <laughs> You know, well, trespassing it, it, on top secret UFO sites. Now you're busy googling I, how to like disarm a nuke. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> no, I just want to say I bought it, so it had this air of legitimacy that, like, like me filming gutted like computer parts just would never have achieved. So the suspension of disbelief was set to an all-time high during this chapter. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you. I, yeah, man. Sci-fi enough to be believable. And yeah, but the set was absolutely is. comprehensive too. The scaling mm. of it was terrific. Uh, just the, the 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 size of this room, you managed to get like quite a nice sense of scale to mm. this uh, launch tube. Which yeah, man, I, I I see evidence of a lot of work here, a lot of work. And it's also got it's quite characteristic in the sense that it it feels quite villainous. Like, I don't know if that's just a bonus that came from the Joy Toy um, diorama pieces and whatever, but it does feel like a bad guy's place as well. Like, it, yeah. I don't know, I just got this villainous feel from it, you know? Well, a lot of... It was your what? music, of course, Paul. Oh, I suppose <laughs> yeah. that didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank I, you. I feel like a lot of... Uh, I, I, I was uh, two years in Germany when I was in the army, and, and a, lot of, a lot of the... Uh, military bases have this kind of sinister look to them like just just you know kind of functional but you know made to last 
sinister because it used old infrastructure or sinister because it like literally feels like a, a james bond villain's lair uh a bit of both it, i suppose yeah like a prison was it, was it well was it yeah built? <laughs> yeah <laughs> you always got fences around you yeah mm. and like the, just like concrete just yeah i suppose yeah yeah it's a little you know what what you'd expect to see in a lot of uh a lot of uh soviet russia mm, at okay. the time gotcha. i can picture it well you definitely have a good eye for the aesthetic because it translated yeah. so well man thank mm. you yeah what did you use for the the blast effect of the um the target's weapons i know the sound was doing great things with like a kind of but uh, you did kind of a flash of green over the footage. Was that, that in post or was that practical? Yeah, that that's all post. Um, okay. I what I do is I I cut, I segment it out like real quick, and then in that one short little section, I'll just uh, adjust the color, the brightness, and it it works pretty good. I've used it a couple times before. For just you know, muzzle flash. Ooh. Do you have to individually lighten the frame, or is there yeah. kind of a, a plug-in? Oh my goodness! No. I'm I'm sure there's a there's probably an easier way that I could do it. I haven't played around with the the program that I have enough. I'm sure there are things in there that would do that a lot faster and probably better. Oh. What about it a does, I'm terrified to ask how much time you plugged into this then, man. Because if you're oh, frame no by idea. frame, oh, brother. Well, it stands in monument to your, your time for all eternity or forever, forever how long uh, YouTube lasts. Uh, <laughs> that may be. Can't you just film with a lens filter? Just get a piece of colored cellophane, throw it in front of the lens for a second. Save you on some editing. Uh, could do that. That's how they used to do it back in the olden days. The old yeah, days. maybe. Yeah. The before times. <laughs> All right. We've got some questions from the Bergforce. Mr. Hans right. Chow wanted to know what the interlocking plates were in the background of the missile silo, I, I presume. Uh, I assume that's Joy Toy as well. I'll uh, the picture. Those aren't. Like, some of those are oh. Joy Toy, but those are a... Um, what are they called? Uh, ready set, I think is what oh. they are. They're they're on uh, Big Bad Toy Store has has them. If you look through their diorama stuff, uh, mm. I have ones like that, but they're for like Gundams. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that's cool. Gundam stuff would work fantastically. And I, I think um, Raging stuff. Spoon has that that yeah. set that he cool. does. Yeah, they're similar to those too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I asked him yeah, if they were compatible at one time, and he's like, they won't walk together, but they sh should work together. Mm. Mm. Good textures, man. The other question is about the Targat's weapon. Is that a pulse rifle from Rise of Cobra? Yeah. Yep. Sweet. Beautiful. Well, Does it uh, fit nicely in the figure's hands? Yeah, pretty good. Not a thumb, not a thumb breaker? Or no. some. Wow. All right. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, we, 
we potentially have another guest waiting in the wings trying to access uh, through his laptop. Is it Sergeant Slaughter himself? <laughs> How'd you guess? I wish. Says, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone behind your back, man. I've made friends and Slaughter without you. <laughs> hey, he's, a, he's a friend to all the Joe fans, mate. He's not just, he's not just exclusive to me. Oof. Hell yeah. Uh, he just happens to be I've my best no friend. I've got no problem. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Except when he's my more better friend. <laughs> There's times you like you can't have more. Infinity plus one. Bromance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Jens, oh. the question was thrown out quite briefly about uh, backyard battles. It's like done your thing now, Paul. Bloody hell. It's <laughs> backyard 2022. <laughs> Shout outs to backyard battles. Love your work, brother. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, great Instagram um, channel. Exactly. Yeah. But yes, our, our, our brand is now International Backyard uh, 2023. I assume it will time with Cobra Convergence 7, I should hope. Um, it's always nice to have these things line up because in a month that celebrates G.I. Joe and Cobra community, uh, we get to expand the G.I. Joe book community to include all the kind of Playmotion affiliates. I imagine the roster will grow a little bit next year. Uh, we have a few interested parties and I love their work and I can't wait to have them enter the fold. Mm. Um, Man, that's a lot of do... drunk pipers. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the idea is then to, to, to get the focus a lot tighter because either you do a, an epic scale war and try and kind of get even bigger than this one or you go the other way. And so I'm trying to think how... How having this core group of Vipers getting pissed one night would play out and how it could expand to, to involve a roster of like 10 contributors. What if you well, do I the don't wanna... side of that and do like the invasion of Cobra Island? Everybody can make their own little battle that, you know, conforms to one big battle. You just don't see the big battle going on because you're just seeing the little yeah, pieces. Everyone infiltrating different parts of the island and right, uh, yeah. all happening all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that is a great idea, and I do feel but. like what we've just done <laughs> has been a good practice run for that. Um, although, and without like showing my hand too much here, but I, I, but I'm really in love with the anthology concept, and I'm I really love the the idea of not trying to up seconds to midnight. Like, I don't want to try and make the next one bigger, badder, larger, and with more explosions. I actually think going the other way, making it more intimate, creating these more, these intimate set pieces <clears throat> that are kind of more dramatic in some respects with like their own little like action beat could be quite a lot of fun. And I think that might be the way to go because, uh, you know, if I, I feel like if we try to one up what we've done now, I feel like we might undo what we've done. Uh, but that's well, just that's just my I thinking another, right now. Yeah. Another idea, if you want to make it an anthology, is to um, center around a MacGuffin, and mm -hmm. have one have a linear oh, yeah. story. Have a linear story where the MacGuffin trades places between um, every uh, different um, chapter. In fact, yeah, like Element X yeah. told me about this story um, for this oh. video, a movie so that came I'm... out. Where uh, sorry, Gaz was telling me about a vi a movie about uh, a gun that was the center of attention and people were picking up um, this gun and it was the focus on the gun uh, going to new owners 
uh, throughout Isn't this that story. A Sam Raimi thing. I'm not sure whether it was a movie or a TV show. I can't remember. I think I it was remember a it being a TV show. Yeah. So you could have like Scarface, him being a messenger, passing something off, and every time you pass it off, it's a different sequence. Right. Yeah. yeah. A whole different story, cool. but the yeah. MacGuffin is uh, the center of it. That'd be cool. Yeah, like we did well, with Well, we have six, six plus months to <laughs> yeah. figure this out, but these are fantastic. I think you definitely but don't those are cool ideas, try and outdo you. what you've just done. Try and do something mm. different. And I think yeah. an anthology thing or a more uh, smaller focus thing, it's, it would be a fantastic change from, from what, what was done this year and last year. I, and last I think a good time. teacher... Yeah, well, there you go, right? Or Yeah, last time. But I think a good teacher for this is if you look at the, the Marvel movies, um, the thing that Marvel does quite confidently is because they've, they've made their impact, the current block of Marvel movies have been, like, you know, entertaining, but they haven't had the same scale of, like, wow, you know, um, as we had with the build-up to Endgame and all that. And I think that's very much an intentional choice on, on Marvel's part. I think they're trying to tell these tighter stories because i think the next block of marvel stuff is going to be epic you know giant space lobsters and whatever else is going to come at us be time travel yeah it's going to be all the things yeah. it's gonna, you know and that's kind of where that's the mistake that star wars has made um for example is that star wars like this new and i, I don't want to get into it too much but this new trilogy uh has is almost try like it's trying to one-up the original like everything about it is like we're trying to be better than the original. I'm like, no. Unless it's you like, watch a Thor movie, <laughs> Thor's gone from being a hero to a joke. Yeah, well, I, I, I haven't seen Ragnarok yet. I'm, I mean, not Ragnarok. I haven't seen Love and Thunder <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, I haven't even seen Ragnarok. Yet. <laughs> no, I love Ragnarok. Ragnarok is up there as one of my favorite Marvel films. Uh, um, so I, I have high hopes for Love and Thunder, and I've heard mixed reviews. But yes, Love and Thunder is exactly that. I, I do know that it's not trying to one up the previous one. You know, Speaking I, I know of that. Like yeah. wacky movies. What was up with uh, that Heberg outtake thing? Like, what were you? <laughs> I have to get some of that. Uh, Guys, that's where Shipwreck ended up, man. Europe's a strange place. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like. Guys, I, if you guys want to know, like the basic concept there was the Smurfs. It started with the Smurfs. I was like, they, you guys, the, the script called for shipwreck runs into a village or comes into a village. Okay, firstly, I chose the wrong one. I actually wanted to choose the dogfight sequence, the big one. But for some reason, through me being super busy, I chose the wrong number. So now I was like set up for intro dogfight scene, you know, intro jets and village and i'm like thick okay um and then i was like village 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 i'm like who the hell like i've got no three three quarter inch civilian looking dudes i just don't the closest i have is like owen from from jurassic park you know that's it that's like my only civilian looking kind of character that i've got so i'm like hmm civilian village yeah so you're yeah. like, I'm going to eat these Village. mushrooms and then pull my phone out <laughs> and film this footage. No, I, just, I was just you like, you didn't Village. go with Ogden from Volkakuku Clan? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. We had enough Jurassic Pittsburgh going on. Okay. <laughs> just done it. I, I could have. I could have. Boring but... ass Gia, more Jurassic Park action figure. Bloody hell. 
Anyway, well, no, I'm glad you went the, the way you did because it allowed me to cut your section completely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, and now only the Patreons get to really enjoy it. Or if you wait till the end of our uh, last episode's podcast, or last podcast episode, you can check it at the very end. Yes. But uh, yeah, guys, it was Smurf Village. I was like, what would happen if Shipwreck ran into a Smurf Village? Because that was that was <laughs> purely by... If, if I had a sister and this was... Say we were doing International Backyard... And we were like teenagers or kids or whatever. And I had a sister. I would probably have used her Barbies or something for that village. You know what I mean? Like Brilliant. And My Little Ponies, dude. Shipper yeah. would love that. That would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> One of them on, like, on a spit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think about that, that soft, what is it, PVC? Is you can really get a spike in there. Skewer right through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, gents, last week we asked uh, the contributors what their favorite portions of this this experience of this film was. Feel free to nominate your own. But um, yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Zazel, what, uh, what did you really enjoy in International Backyard 2022? Well, like I said, the it, it goes for ninety minutes, but it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it goes for that long. Mm-hmm. It's um, the way it's put together, the cohesiveness of the story. But it, I can't really I can I can only pick a feeling, and it was that it was it felt like you were pulling toys out of a toy box, like I mentioned. So mm-hmm. seeing an uh, seeing an Ewok, seeing a, a dinosaur. Seeing Transformers, that really, it really made me feel like I was a, a kid watching a cartoon again. Um, so it was those moments that that sort of um, uh, made you think a little bit about, you know, what was happening, or, or, you know, took it took it away from the seriousness of the situation and made you sort of relax into the moment of it. Um, that was my favorite part. And I, I, I do, do need to quickly make a retraction. It was uh, not Gaz before that told me about uh, Dead Man's Gun. It was Hans. Sorry, Hans. Uh, yeah, just wanted to mm-hmm. put that out there. Um, I'm sure he'll forgive me. <laughs> uh, Darren Cobb has this quite a, a, quite a long comment here. So what you have is a group of cobras sitting around drinking, all telling more and more outrageous stories of their battles with Joes, trying to outdo each other. See, this is cool. This is a great expansion on that idea that Bart put out. See, I'm loving, loving, loving that because then you can have people shoot everything in isolation you don't have to worry too much about continuity and if there are breaks in continuity that's great because you know people's stories are you know you know there's always a lie in that truth somewhere that's very military too like we do do that playing dominoes and cards and video games and you get a lot of one-uppers yep Yep. what if you have um what if you have the vipers playing poker and the, the, at the end, it's actually uh, that scene at the terror drone before the renegades burst in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That kind of stuff. That, yep. That's fertile ground. Um, yeah. But you know what that reminds me of, Darren? Uh, like from the comments there, is there is a Batman episode in the animated series, which is exactly that. And it's got all of the... It's got uh, some of Batman's gallery. villains. The rogues gallery. Mm. And they're all discussing some like encounters with Batman. And then that was you taken didn't even get close to taking out Batman, and I did. And this is what happened. Cue flashback. <laughs> and by the way, dude, I'm very good, Mark suggest- Hamill Joker. Oh, it's wow, easy, yeah. man. He he, uh, he he set a very um, I don't know, easy to achieve kind of sound. 
it's terrific. It's terrific. It's so signature, but it's it's not difficult. That, bring, um, that brings something to mind. Like you could even use your broken figures with like crotches and arms, because then you just say, "Well, I got close to taking out snake eyes, and here it is—a guy with like a stump." Yeah, he <laughs> got me in the crotch. The story gets better every time they tell it. I took snake eyes' arm, arm off. <laughs> Dustin, your favorite part of uh, Seconds to Midnight, though, man. Let's. Let's keep the praise train going. <laughs> <laughs> that target doot, doot. deployment from space was pretty epic. Yeah. It, it, it just looked great. And I, you know, doing cold armor, I really liked, like, kind of spacey stuff, too. I, love, I like a lot of science fiction. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Cody's um, using of Super Trooper. The way he was just throwing him around. If if you put this super in trooper, that's for sure. Jeez. I don't I don't know if he's seen the commercial for that, but like the the, the live action that that super trooper does in, in in the original commercial for that, it's pretty much that. It's that ridiculous, and I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah, no, it's very very cool, like kinetic approach to the action. Whereas I always think just in terms of realistic terms, Cody rips the roof off. He's got no shame in having an action figure literally get exploded from something on the ground, <laughs> fly up and grab hold of the Tomahawk <laughs> landing gear, drop onto the evader. It's just, it's terrific. And it's how we used to no, play he, him. It's a rocket he's, jump, He's captured man. that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm propelled by jump. the explosion. <laughs> yep. And it works really well, and and it's Quake that made that famous. Just putting that out there. Cheapest. Mm -hmm. mm, very good technique. But your high ride. water mark, dude. It's kind of hard to narrow down because I mean there were some cool things. Like there was the one part where the maggots are firing, right? And mm. me and in, in in my limited brain, I would just have the maggots firing, but you could actually see the cannons bouncing back and forth like they're actually shooting. I, I would have never thought of that. Um, there was a couple of cool little things like that, but I, I think I Hasbro to... never thought of that either because the maggot famously has an operator right behind the yeah. barrel, so that's death instantly. Yeah. I, have, I have a gruesome story to go along with that, but but that's uh... for another day. But um, <laughs> I, I have to go with everybody else saying that that stuff Andrew did, um, just because it, it kind of took me out of the story and into another story, and then back into the story if that makes sense because he had that thing right up against the tv so you had the glow from the tv lighting it from one side it's dark on the other side it gave it a, a real spacey feel to it and then just everything he did with the figures i, I thought was really cool so i'm gonna have to go with that one and the voice work as well has been yeah. exceptional across the board yeah so does that mean he'll be on next week to to get his side mm -hmm. of it we're going to keep going. I, We're going to keep going. Part three. <laughs> he was the guy that I was trying to get into the mix. Uh, Andrew, I, we, we, we wait, man. We wait patiently for you to get your, your computer woes right. But if it's not but, happened but to them, An that's important fine. question from Andrew, though. I think also, I think Hans was also quite surprised. No, it was um, uh, Outback Stew. How did you create those explosions? How did you do that? I had a little... Uh, gardening spade and I like like the dirt was really hard packed I kind of dug it in and like popped it up and it was I it was there was just enough 
footage there that that was usable that where you could you could if you look close enough you can see the shovel in some. Uh, I but, thought it was like an air bladder that you like. Yeah, that's what I thought too. No, no nothing, nothing uh, that fancy. That's crazy. <laughs> it's it's the simplest things that that just look the best. That's awesome. Yeah. I gotta remember that. I'm hmm. curious because I sat with this thing in the edits and I didn't see the shovel. So maybe we've actually sufficiently cut around it, Dustin, between you and I, that it's actually maybe. not even there. Which is why yeah, it looks so bloody good. Asking. Yeah, but I even if I... you saw it, that just adds to the like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I just, want, I, I just want some lightning with that next time so that I could get, you know, so that somebody can go, worm sign. Worm sign detected. <laughs> Shia Lude. Sorry. So, Andrew has let us know that he's having P PC issues. Oh, I'm sorry wow. to hear that, man. But uh, we're definitely singing your praises um, in absentia. Uh, love, love, love cesspool. Like everything that came out yeah. of that character's mouth. Yeah. Whether you heard it or not, like he is inspired. There's a sequence in the sort of radio chatter that kicked off this podcast in the previous episode where Cesspool's saying something like, If you wait by the shores of the river long enough, the bodies will start to float past. <laughs> like stuff like that. Just, what the fuck, dude? That's some creepy shit. Um, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That just made me think of Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now, like something he would have said. Mm. Well, yeah. I'm wondering what Andrew's inspiration was. Once again, we're, we're left with the podcast episode wanting. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I want the, the, the answers to these questions, but maybe we'll next get week, them. Next week, maybe we won't. This will be a trilogy. I blame you. <laughs> I don't know. I think we we'll need to start eventually addressing the, the Serpentor in the room. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, get back to regular G.I. Joburg fawning <laughs> over pre-orders. <laughs> yeah, man. But just to close things off on perhaps a community note, because this has fed into the greater entity that is Cobra Convergence 6. Today, as of recording, is the 31st for me, at least. Um, yeah. It is the last day of Cobra Convergence. Um, I've been keeping up with a few of the contributors i certainly haven't been able to stay on top of everyone some of them are like instagram accounts and i, I can't quite locate the the content that specifically relates to cobra conversion 6 i don't know i'm just lazy maybe or strapped for time <laughs> but like if anyone wants to do any community shout outs any any shows that they either were or were not involved in that uh, they'd like to to mention just I'd like to shout out Rob up. Vegas. Uh, Rob Vegas yeah. has been making a video for Cobra Convergence every single day, sometimes multiple oh, wow. times a day. Hasn't missed a mm. day yet. Amazing. Fellow Aussie, yes? That's right, fellow Aussie uh, in Melbourne. Uh, yeah, he does uh, Assemble the Troops and he does the, um, uh, what's it called, the File Card one? Uh, file Card Frenzy. And mm. yeah, has, he, hasn't missed, he hasn't missed a beat. And then when an opening came up, um, Hoodie... Uh, invited him to be an official contributor so uh, go, go check him out he's a he's an absolute beast wow i'll say yeah man unstoppable i saw him that's impressive recently yeah, but i can't can't for the life of me recall what he was reviewing i think it was an official oh wait he found his way into hoodie's review of the techno viper that's it yes uh, yeah and yeah. phil mm. from treasures for trigger who's a kiwi in japan uh, another shout out to 
my buddy Phil. Good stuff over there too. Down under, but up top. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> geez, for my part, well, things kicked off on your channel, didn't they, Sergeant? You, uh, you oh, had they a, did. Yes. got the whole uh, shebang yeah, off on like, the 1st of July. Feels like forever ago now. Yeah, we had the opening ceremony over in uh, Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse, uh, where I actually had uh, an opening uh, intro. The intro was by uh, Cobra Commander himself uh, trying to take over the Slaughterhouse. Um, and then um, Space Commander comes to the rescue and uh, kicks out Cobra Commander's transmission. And then later on, um, the Sarge himself, Sergeant Slaughter, uh, comes in and uh, a little bit of confusion happens there. I won't give too much away. Uh, go back and check it out. But he, uh, he has some stern words for uh, hooded Cobra Commander 788, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> this past week, I was treated to two awesome podcasts as part of Cobra Convergence 6. Uh, that was... Good old Order of Battle pod where they spoke about weird Cobras from both the modern era and the vintage era. Interesting kind of like bifocal on those two two eras. And the guys from Podcast from the Pit did a rundown of their favorite Cobra vehicles and Cobra figures. Five vehicles and ten figures each. Kind of reminded me of the old days in this uh, this this here podcast. This uh, tired yeah. old G.I. Joburg thing when we used to talk about our favorite Cobra tens and stuff. Well, I mean, it's actually crazy how many people have actually got involved. It just get, it feels like it gets bigger every single year. I think um, mm. Action Robert Punch did a cool review, did two cool battles of Barabas uh, oh. and Maulers. Um, Recreating the Fury tank battle. Yeah. Man, I yeah. meant to mention oh. that. That was awesome. Well I done, Ted. Half, yeah, half really the Battle cool. Timer did a Mega Viper review as well. That was quite fun. Although his isn't <laughs> black like mine was. I, I don't know what's wrong with his one. Pink. <laughs> but like just tons and tons and tons of stuff. Like I, I think if you if you missed it all, I think Hoodie did do several um kind of like wrap ups after at the end of each week um on his channel. So hopefully that, that kind of gives you some idea of like all the different people that were involved. Andrew, have you have you make it? Andrew's made it work? here. He's made it into phone? the studio. The creator of... Oh, oh he's gone again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what a tease. All right. So close. We're going to um, have to do like a, a special episode, a special missions episode, I think. Yeah, man. All those targets. Magnificent. But uh, any other community shout-outs uh, before we head out and get on with the rest of our lives, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah, I'm running out of beer. I did want to do a small shout out. Uh, Data Links Magnus has mm. just released a new uh, stop motion on, up on his channel. Uh, I, I mentioned this because, firstly, it's Data Links Magnus and he's super cool. And uh, I contributed a voice to it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. For a change, so. he didn't let me know. So, obviously, he's done <laughs> using me. <laughs> <laughs> no, was I think it, it Storm awesome. Shadow? <laughs> no, it was not Storm Shadow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you guys uh, might enjoy it. I think you guys should totally check it out. Um, because Data Links Magnus does cool stuff and he's a cool guy. And it would be great to have him in the, in the next uh, international backyard. In fact, and if you want to do stop motion, uh, you know you guys are welcome to. Uh, it's your funeral. That's what I'm saying. And <laughs> <laughs> because stop motion is, 
you either love doing it or you're like me and you absolutely hate doing it. <laughs> um, and but I can appreciate it, by the way, I, I can totally I totally love seeing it just as long as I don't have to do it. It's like animation. I love seeing animation. I hate animating things. Uh, it's uh, it's a process. It's an art. It's a, and it's just an art form. I don't want now to Paul get gets good fired. At. And that, that's how I get fired. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the one shout out. And then I just want to go around the room because I feel like this is a great uh, group of guys to ask. What do you guys think of this uh, classified Serpentor that has just been announced, unveiled, shown? Anything, uh, any like first thoughts, initial thoughts on it? It's going to be an uh, incredible punching bag for Sergeant Sword. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> nice, nice. So many of them, they, they all just look fantastic. I mean, I didn't want to get into the classified line, but I'm in it, so... That's why I'm cherry picking, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying, but there's is still so much. I, I, what I'd really like to see is is more, um, more of the oddballs. I'm, I'm, I'm actually more excited that the the uh, the trouble bubble and the televiper was announced. Oh, yeah, like that. I wanted to get to that, but uh, I figured I'd just, uh, you know. Mention the Great Snake himself first, because like I mentioned a few episodes back, I want to start scaling down on classified and seriously just cherry picking, um, just because it just suits me to collect them that way. It's more fun for me. But a piece like Serpento is very much what I'm excited for from classified line. Like I love that it's complete. It's Serpento, but the air chariot, I can have a lot of fun with just that toy by itself, and it's a great display piece. And the one thing that they did um, is they fixed up the upper torso. So this has been an issue of mine with like pretty much every classified figure and has only been made... Ugh, I don't want to say made worse, but I've become more like sort of... It's, it bugs me a lot more now that uh, Action Force has come out. The uh, Action Force figures don't have that torso bend, that sort of T-style torso bend um, yeah. in the tummy. I really, really hate that. Um, and... I'm glad to see Serpentor has got, hasn't got it. And that gives me hope for some of the future releases of the Classified Joes. Uh, so, like, seeing that makes me very happy. Just because it's going to make a great display piece now because of that as well. It's also not going to be all floppy. I'm sure you guys um, feel uh, get that with your Classified. Sometimes they, they're just a bit floppy on the, on the upper torso. It's just weird. Yeah, there's a couple of them that are like that, yeah. Yeah, especially if they don't have like web gear, like guys like Barbecue, like Barbecue is fantastic um, for that. But Snake Eyes suffers from it. I feel like, yeah. I feel like that line really hurts Snake Eyes, for example. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, the Cobra Flight Pod, aka the Trouble Bubble, uh, that is another piece just to have at that scale. Just really sexy as well. Very excited about that. I think that's really, really cool. And also kind of unexpected, like expected, unexpected for Hasbro, if that makes sense. Like it makes sense that that is a vehicle that they can do so i'm glad that they have done it i'm just surprised that they actually did it you know i, I didn't yeah i, I know, wasn't maybe expecting that either mm. i i didn't even see like i i was just going through a random random feed of uh i can't remember who who had posted pictures that was actually there that they had taken of what they had during the slideshow and it was just like in the corner and i was like wait a minute Nobody said anything about that. This Why like, is this not getting coverage? Yeah. It, yeah. 
because that's that's actually like one of my favorite vehicles of all time and i really wish like i could drive one to work <laughs> oh yeah man i would i would sign up for one of those too if we were allowed to drive them around um for real because i think that's really these, cool these new things bart are you, are you excited for classified serpent the uh serpentor i saw had the helmet and like the back piece all molded into one and mm. i really couldn't see how he would turn his head more than like two degrees without that thing hitting his shoulders and somebody had posted additional pictures where it's i guess more of like the traditional old one where it's a piece that plugs into the back and those two are separate so i like that a lot better i like the figure but i don't necessarily need that air chariot um it's it's really cool i just i don't need it and if yeah, hasbro is going to give be it to a lot us, cheaper actually without that it that too yeah um but if they could include like a like a three inch uh clear acrylic rod that you could stand it on Oh, that'd, that'd be would, brilliant, that'd be cool. actually. Because so it just I, on the ground is kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I hope that nice they do that. Back. I hope they do exactly that. Um, thank you for putting that in, Bart, because that is, that would be stupid. That would be completely folly if they don't do that. And I hope they do the same for the for the flight pod. And also, small song and dance for a um, Mr. MCDJ ACDC, who is finally going to get a classified copperhead, which I'm sure he is completely over the moon about uh because mm -hmm. he is possibly the biggest copper copperhead fan out there to my knowledge and i was very when i saw that i'm not like i wasn't like oh my god copperhead i was like oh my god andrew you're gonna have a copperhead finally <laughs> you know um so there's that that's really cool but obviously for me the big 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 one for me uh aside from serpento and the trouble bubble is shipwreck i'll finally have classified shipwreck <laughs> And if you guys uh, rewind a couple of episodes back to our classified future speculations list uh, episode, uh, Shipwreck was on my list. So, yes. Yeah, so, he's even closer to He-Man scale, so you can really get that party on. I, I could totally get that party on, dude. There's, there's, and Hans Child... And, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this I command. <laughs> You will buy Serpentor. <laughs> yeah. I have Oof. one more community shout out to kind of round us out. We are blisteringly close to the closing of Operation Recall. Uh, yeah. As of recording, eight days remain. We're into the final stretch. Let's eight see how days. far this thing can go. And to assist it along its way, uh, Order of Battle have been inter interviewing the various creative minds behind the character submissions. Um, and a high watermark for me has got to be Jason's son, Alexander, uh, interviewing the guy responsible for uh, Clanker and Tank, the oh, um, kid. Vibalist yeah. and, and the, the Turtle. Um, and I mean, it's basically a 10-year-old talking to a 12-year-old, which Aww. is terrific because they they're totally just two kids talking about mm. toys to each other like there's no so sweet man there's absolutely no like playing for the microphone they're just you know they've never met before but you can well maybe they did meet i don't know i totally relate to meeting a kid or going over to a kid's house for the first time and like like me getting my joes out of my bag and him bringing his joes down from the shelf and like this is kind of like oh and that guy he comes with that thing Oh, and what about your guy? What does he What does he do? 
like there's that sense and it's so cool to connect to it again so i would i would um invite anyone listening to this to to give order of battle a good listen and a subscribe and all that shit yeah and if you've listened this far thank you so much for listening to two episodes of us gushing about international backyards uh mm-hmm. it was a fun experience i'm so glad so many people got to talk about it and share your experiences on international backyards and it sounds like next year is going to be even bigger two and a half Four hours smaller. epic <laughs> <laughs> guys playing cards at a table apparently yeah. <laughs> hell yeah until i overrule that and say no we're gonna have world war cobra yeah, world war three uh, cobra yeah. i'm good either way <laughs> we'll see all, all right. right well thank you you are all of course automatically part of uh, cobra convergence no, i'm saying cobra convergence 7 slash international backyard 3 yeah try to remember that it's not a catchy title at all um <laughs> but yes yeah you guys are our pillars of this initiative thank you for joining us once again and thanks thank for, you for being at this show yeah yeah man yeah thanks, awesome guys. awesome awesome hell yeah let's get a righteous yo joe with an H on the end. Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>